He can score, he can defend, he can do it all. Jose is back. Welcome, listeners, to the 153rd instalment of the FPL Surgery Podcast coming to you on the 10th of December 2019. We are well and truly heading into the Christmas period. Jose Mourinho, some doubters at the start of his Tottenham reign regarding defence, but the weekend it all came together. What a performance that was. We're going to be dissecting that game, all the rest, and looking forward to the next game week. Of course, with the editor-in-chief, the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Why do we keep raising Tottenham every single week at the start of the pod? Why is this a thing? We, we are both Arsenal supporters. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I, may, I don't know. Maybe it's sort of a, an unconscious jealousy and, <laughs> yeah. and admiration for the fact they're doing a bit better than us now. So uh, we're still within a reasonable amount of points of them. And Pepe came good. Oh, finally. It's about time, really, isn't it? The same goal he scored all season last year for Lille, the only uh, side, apparently, who didn't know to show him onto his right foot was West Ham. Lerner for the uh, left-back up against him next week. Uh, we have got a top guest, uh, very much immersed in the sporting world, specialises in sports betting, uh, journalist for the Daily Mirror. Really looking forward to talking a bit about that. Uh, seven top 30k finishes, two top 1k finishes and has finished as high as 435th welcome to the podcast john aka jp shaw hi guys welcome jp great to have you on board we were just talking off pod there a bit about your your history with fpl so as always i was just checking with the guests around um, when you first got into fpl and how you've come to love it and, and kind of the impact it has on your life really yeah i was saying to you guys that you know this takes up far too much of my time uh, my family see me staring at the screen you know the, uh, the football pitch with all the players on it and um uh and just thinking and just staring and not doing much. But um, but I love it. Uh, I do do enjoy it. It puts a different aspect um, of watching football. I can't, I can't really remember what it was like before uh, FPL, you know, wanting other teams to score, other players to score, and, you know, finding out who got the assist. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's great fun and it can be very frustrating at times, which is part of the fun as well. It was probably a happier time before you actually... I'm sure it was. Yeah. I think, you know, when your captain flunks on your in you know, the first early kickoff, it does sort of ruin the weekend a bit, doesn't it? Never captain oh, an early player is the key. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's a key rule, isn't it? I mean, once woe betide you do it on a Friday night, and once that's gone, the weekend's a bit miserable, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah. So quite... Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'm really interested because you're, you're right for the, uh, the Daily Mirror, and <clears> I was saying to you, uh, again, pre-pod, We've got a lot of people who've created their own columns and their own media via the Twitter sphere now, so to speak. But you, you're writing for a major national paper, so just tell us a bit about your history in journalism and, and you know what you do in the Daily Mirror. Yeah, I'm. I've got a bit lucky. Well, I think I don't have any. I didn't have any journalistic um, training or anything like that. Uh, I think the internet came along. And I was very lucky that um, it gave me access to yeah easy access to contact people, email them, approach them, and instead of saying hire me, I said I. I wrote articles and sent them off and I, you know, I kept knocking on doors and um, fortunately one was answered. I think I, my first job was um, writing for Sports Advisor. Ed Chamberlain was the, um, the editor of that magazine. Okay. So I've always been a betting, I've always been interested in betting and sports uh, and I worked for uh, some football websites and um, Loaded and, you know, 442 and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, finally got to the mirror and... Um, that's where I am now. Fantastic. I've got quite a history in, uh, in journalism then. And you're, you're into your sports betting as well. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, uh, I've done pretty well. I mean, um, 
I've got enough money to now to last me the rest of my lifetime, providing I die in about four hours' time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's still, you know, it's a little hobby now. Um, now I settled down as when I was younger, you know, I get me wages and uh, we all you all be gone on the weekend. But now uh, I'm a bit scared. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's enjoy. I do enjoy having a punt on something at, at the weekend. It does make does make it all the more interesting. As same with FPL, really. But um, yeah, modest bets here and there. Football, I think, is one of the hardest sports to, to make money on. There's so many different variables, but um, tennis is my main sort of speciality on the betting side of things. I like it. Yeah. So we'll be pulling on your tips throughout the uh, throughout the evening. Plenty of questions to ask you as well. So looking forward to this one. Great to have you with us. First of all, chaps, I'm going to uh, just go through the FPL headlines for the week. So we've got Villa's run of fixtures is looking tempting, as do Man United. What assets do we need to cover them? And uh, what to do with City players? Will Pep rotate now even more as their as their Premier League defence is essentially over and just going for the Champions League? Um, how do we handle Liverpool's blank week in 18? Who do you pair Jamie Vardy with and what's the best strike duo to go with him? And uh, integrating betting with FPL. So we're going to call on our guest wisdom there and see if we can learn a few things um, from the other side of the sport. Chaps, let's talk about our game weeks. First of all, Iceman, you haven't said too much for the first part of this, so uh, tell me about how you got in your game week. Well, I'm glad we're not talking about the week before last because I scored a miserable 38. But this week, I scored 68 overall, which is great. I actually made a really bad transfer. Because of what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was saying about Marshall, I, I took him out and brought in Zaha. I was tempted by Bilver because I'm going to wildcard soon, so kind of a two-week punt. Captain Vardy, luckily, and uh, yeah, Aubameyang Ings, more or less my only scorers with uh, Robertson Van Dyke getting that cleany finally. But yeah, not too bad. Um, uh, 68 overall. Decent score, Iceman. And uh, what about you, JP? Uh, below par, 56. Um, I started well with Salah as the captain, but I don't have Vardy. I chatting to you guys earlier. I don't have Vardy, and that's um, that's something I rectified now. Uh, he's cost me, obviously, when he, he played on the Sunday and predictably scored. That moved my rank down several several places. But why, why um, I'm going to, sorry, mate. Um, why why have you not got Vardy? It's a brutal question, man. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> I, I don't know why. I mean I've I've got him in now, but um, seven weeks too late. Yeah, I yeah he's just why that is a very good question. He takes penalties. <laughs> yeah, he he scores he scores regularly and he's a, he's a goal threat. Yeah, it's it's something that I've uh, been biting my fingernails, hoping he doesn't score every week and. Uh, it's backfired badly. Yeah, it's something which I did uh, a few years ago when we first started the pilot. I, I just didn't. I was just going to say, Iceman, what does it feel like to ask somebody else <laughs> yeah, that question? Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to. Because, yeah, because obviously that year I was just the mindset of he's not got great stats, he's going to dry up at some point, and he just kept scoring, and he seems to be on that run. But this time he's actually got the stats to back him as well. So, yeah, I just think it, yeah, it's a must-have at the moment. Sorry, do you want to continue with the rest of uh, your Yeah, team? he's got Norwich he got Norwich at home next week, so that's part of the reason I've given up and uh, hoping he doesn't <laughs> score. I've j- jumped on the bandwagon a bit late, but, um, yeah. So, um, 56 points and down to, well, yeah, down to 550,000 in the world, which is uh, not great. But, I mean, there's, there's that Christmas, busy Christmas period where we can all move up the table. Yeah, yeah here's hoping. Well, not me just yet. I... I finished two points below the average. I only got 52, but two points below the average put me at 4,000,000 
200,000 for the game week, which is just crazy. Two below the average, but there we go. I had Vardy as my skipper. My problem was I didn't have anywhere near enough Tottenham coverage. I had uh, Ali. Well, I had no one from the Liverpool's attack either, so fell wildly short there. So had to go back to the drawing board for this game week, but not good news for me. I'm slipping very quickly now, so I need to do something about that. Oh, you got quite unlucky there because you just didn't qualify for the cup. Oh, about the cup. Yeah, only just the uh, the FPL cup. It's, it was the qualifying week, but you just came out. I think it was like four point two million where you got to qualify. I watch it on telly instead. All right, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's just give a little bit of thanks here to our regular supporters supporters on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. If you'd like to support the podcast, get involved in our Slack channel, our prize mini league, and take advantage of the Iceman dishing out prizes. Uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. You can donate as much or as little as you want to support the podcast. No new patrons this week, but we do have to continue to thank Andy Portlock, Vince Poyle and Ron Frost who have been pledging at the highest tier. So thank you. Uh, thank you to you three for your ongoing immense support, but just everybody else who's donating regularly to the podcast to help us grow what we're doing. We thank you and it's much appreciated. So let's get into the FPL headlines then. So the first one is around Villa's run of fixtures. They're looking tempting, uh, as do Man United. So what assets do we need to cover? Now, the first cluster of questions uh, from all over the Twitter sphere and Slack is in relation to Marcus Rashford. Callum J has asked on Slack, is Jesus a short-term option? I'm already on him, but wondering if the likes of Rashford is better. We've got uh, Alan Speech Balloon from Slack as well. So Rashford showing great form and performing well this season. Numbers suggest he's performing slightly better against the top six so far. Does he need Pogba to come back from injury to, to be able to control games and increase his potential? And then Lucas on Twitter has asked Rashford Conundrum. Rashford chaps, let's come to you first. JP, what do you think about Rashford? Yeah, I've, I've had Rashford for the last few weeks and he's done very well for me. Nice. Very pleased with him. Yeah, I, I'm going to keep him. Um, United, they've got Everton, Watford, Newcastle, Burnley, I think the next four. Any Man United penalty takers is, is going to, um, is, is always a good thing to have a penalty taker that for Man United. Uh, I think the Pogba back probably next week. You've got the pace. Uh, what Man United now have got is pace up front. So if they go a goal ahead and, um, their opposition starts attacking, they've got James, Martial, and Rashford, and that that pace is frightening. I think he'll get plenty of opportunities to score. He's he's got great technique on his shot. I mean, you saw uh, against Spurs, he hit the bar, went narrowly wide with it, another shot, and obviously scored a penalty and and won the penalty. I think he's got loads more goals in him. Probably Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's first choice. So I think he's a must-have. Yeah, he is full of confidence at the moment. Like you say, good fixtures. He had loads of chances against City. He probably could have bagged a hat trick in the end. And he actually said after the game, if you listen to his interview, that he he's gutted and he, he wish he was doing better because obviously he hit. Was it he hit the bar against City? Was it? Yeah, and, it was against City. Yeah, yeah and yeah, he definitely could have had more. He's he's actually the third player. Uh, so far, the season's hit 100 FPL points. So, yeah, obviously doing really well, and, and that's why he's in your team. But there is a question mark on do United play differently against teams which don't 
come at them so they're unable to counter on them people are questioning that I'm not sure if that is a question mark or not He he's on penalties I think Man United have been given the most penalties this season I think they've actually been given 8 this season looking at the stats like second to Vardy for XG over the last 4 he is 3rd for actual shots and 2nd to Vardy for big chances total as well and he's been up there for the stats for the last few weeks as we've mentioned on here so yeah, he's definitely someone I want in. Kind of almost a regret that I went Marshall over him to to start with, and I went Marshall just because he's the cheaper option. And he's starting up front, but it looks to be because people didn't go for him because he was almost playing out like a reverse out of position on the wing, not really playing as a central striker. What made you get him in the first place, JP? Was there... Uh, like you say, it's a choice between Martial and um, Rashford. For me, Martial's always picks up some niggly injuries. So, you know, you have him in the in the side for two weeks and he drops out, misses one or two games. Yeah. That's very frustrating. I think you make a good point about um, the next few teams might be coming to defend against United. But when United, if and when United score that first goal, they'll have no choice but to come and attack. And then uh, I think May United on the break. I mean, I think um, I think Carragher said United's front three in the last match were as good as Liverpool's front three. Liverpool's front three are obviously a lot more consistent, but the pace they've got, you know, is very hard it's to defend against. Yeah, yeah. It's just- very fast it's, that coming at you is just scary I mean James is it was mentioned a lot last season when he was in the championship that he was just lightning going forward I don't think that's been mentioned enough this season that he is still lightning going forward Rashford's quick yeah Marshall again great signing James I mean quite brave to, to pick him up from you know the lower leagues and expect him to play you know for Man United but he's he's proved a fantastic signing and he's yeah. and he, you know at his age he's going to be even better in years to come yeah yeah, I really like the look of Rashford this season. Internationally, he's been fantastic. And um, for United, really doing the business, coming of age. I'm impressed by him. Really want to get him into my team, but I've had a bigger fish to fry this week, so I didn't go for him. But I may uh, well rue that decision. Okay, so interesting discussion there on Rashford. Let's uh, let's come back to other potential options in the United side. You know, we've got the Martials of this world. Um, we've got some cheaper options in midfield. You know, McTominay's been bombing on this season. Greenwood's been a reasonable bench fodder for people. I'm just just wondering, um, JP, do you think there's any other United players that we should be thinking about at this stage? Well, nothing in midfield. I think it's much too coveted spaces in midfield. But the the, the two that um, I think could be worth buying are Maguire and Wan Bissaka. Uh, I think United are, are due some clean sheets. They're, they're, <laughs> they've improved um, in the last few weeks. I mean, the clean sheets have been frustrating for all the big teams, Liverpool, Man City and all the rest of it. But I think Maguire, you know, you're looking at this this period of time, Christmas time, you want players who play 90 minutes every match. Maguire's nailed on to play. And so is Wan-Bissak. I thought he was outstanding against Sterling, against City. Uh, didn't really give him a sniff. Uh, he bombs down the, the right-hand side and, uh, you know, he, he's got an assist or two in him. Um, so I think, you know, May United haven't kept many clean sheets, but I think... They're now coming into their own. I think they could start racking up some points there. Yeah, it was the uh, the XG all season, which people have been kind of touting how they've got one of the lowest XG conceded uh, so far. I mean, they just keep conceding, though. There just seems to be something there. But maybe something's coming together now. They've got a bit of confidence behind them. They've won two really good games. But you look at that City game towards the end, I think they could have just conceded about five. They I don't know how they hung on in the end, but... Yeah, they have got a lot of potential. I would rather see a few 
clean sheets before I invest there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that they're still sort of partial to leaking a little bit of a having the odd goal against them, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really waiting for Wan Bissaka to start returning. He was so good for Palace last year. So yeah, I've, 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 I've touted that quite a lot, but it's not happened. <laughs> Definitely this week. Definitely. Yeah, it's just coming. Yeah. Speaking of this week, what about Grealish? Because um, FPL says on Twitter has asked, uh, does Grealish being sat on four yellows stop me from transferring in for Zaha? He's looked pretty good, hasn't he, over the recent weeks? He's making a strong case to get in the national side. He can't be ignored too much longer. How do you feel about Jack Grealish, JP? Yeah, I like him. I mean, I wonder if he'd got that big big money move to Spurs a season or two ago, whether Pochettino would have been still in his job because he's so good going forward. He, he wins you so many free kicks in dangerous positions. Really good footballer. He's got a goal in him, a pass. He, he's got the lot. Regards Villa, I think they've got a fantastic run. They've got Sheffield United, Southampton, Norwich, Watford and Burnley in the next five. But there's only two players you'd want in that team. That's Grealish and the other one is McMinn. I'm a big fan of McMinn. Do you mean McGinn? Hasn't done, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he hasn't done much recently. In fact, he's scored one point, two points, two points, three points, and two points in his last six, uh, five. Sorry, whereas Grealish has got six, two, nine, and six. So, on current form, you'd say Grealish. But I, I just feel that um, again, you know, he's another one played every single minute of every match this season for Villa. He's going to play all through the Christmas period. He's he's guaranteed to be on the team sheet. He's been a bit unlucky. He's, he's had, I think a couple of goals that VAR disallowed. I, I think he'll get a couple of ten pointers over the next three or four games. Uh, I expect him to score. And if you want to take a punt, I think he's the boy to put in your team. Yeah, the problem is with McGinn is that um, lately it seems to be Grealish that's going a little bit further forward, whereas he started the season a little bit further forward. So that's why I think a lot of people have got him and are moving him out for the likes of Grealish. And I do think out of the two, Grealish is probably the better option. But there is a question mark on him because he does have four yellow cards at the moment if he gets one more he'll get suspended so you've got that looming suspension over his head and he is a little bit of a dirty player he got away with a little bit in the last game a little bit of nudging and kicking and pretending like he's being fouled himself but yeah he does play every minute when he's when he's fit he's got four goals and four assists over the season he is the club captain so there's a lot of potential there uh some good fixtures so i suppose now is the time to get him in I'll probably well you know have... what i think that's the thing with McGinn. if i if, if i had him in my team for the last five weeks I'd, I'd want him out but i think because the irony of the fbl yeah i haven't got him in my team you think well he's due and he is a good player. I think. I just think now might be the right time to pick him up for the next four or five game weeks. But you know, that's that's what the game's all about, isn't it? Timing. Yeah, exactly. It's something which um, the Prince, which we had on, a bit of a clang that one, but we we had Prince um, Abdullah on, and he was saying how. Yeah, the player which isn't scoring at the time, he would probably look to get that one in more than the player that is scoring, that is in form. He referenced the likes of Mane and Salah. And if Mane's scoring loads, then, you know, maybe it's Salah's time. Because these premium players, you know, they're often scoring. I'm not sure if that's the same way with the likes of McGinn, but I, I can see your point. Uh, yeah, it, hasn't worked, it hasn't worked with Vardy for me, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. it's, it's the law of averages. You think, you know, he's, you know, you're due to he's due, yeah. scoring run. Yeah, it's about to start, but yeah. But yeah. Nice, yeah. Interesting views on uh, on Grealish there. Any, any other players? Right, obviously we talked about McGinn and 
Um, anyone else to say on Villa chaps or do you think that's uh, that's everyone yes yeah, a, a lot of people have, have looked at the likes of their defence but no I, I'm not interested in their defence I don't think they're good enough they've got um, uh, Mings out as well he's just got injured so there's not really anyone else there other than those two and you can't go for the striker either he's just non-existent no, Wesley, he's been terrible, hasn't he? Yeah. So let's head over to the uh, the blue side of Manchester. The second headline, what's to do with City players? Will Pep rotate more now the PL defence is as good as over? Good point there. Um, so Jay Roz on Slack has asked, what are your thoughts on going with no City midfield in order to double up on Spurs mids with Ali and Son? Is having City attacking cover still as essential as it has been in the past interesting question on a personal note i'm finally giving up on raheem sterling so uh, owners can expect big returns this weekend but but jp do you still have investment in city or have you started shuffling over towards what Mourinho's doing in london well though i mean i'm with you i've got sterling and i'm i just he's one of those players that you know you take him out he starts he starts scoring but i've been a bit disappointed with him the last few weeks yeah, I think he's he's on his last legs for me. I I, I invested in Jesus or Jesus two weeks ago. Um, short term punt. It worked. I captained him um, for his brace the other day, and that worked. But great return. I just, yeah, I, I, I swapped him for Vardy now. I'm not sure when Aguero's back. As soon as he does come back, I think he'll be straight in the team. But yeah, regarding City, I think definitely. I think we'll see a lot more rotation. I think Pep. I mean, he's got players like like Phil Foden who. He's bigged up for, for you know last year or two. He never he never yeah. gives him a game. Uh, he only puts him in you know when when the game's won, done and dusted. So I expect him to get a few more minutes. I mean if it was if it was February and the Champions League you know knockout stages were were up and running, then I'd certainly expect the big guns to be rested you know the week the weekend before they play. But definitely you know over this Christmas period, I think the likes of Sterling, KDB will will play one, miss one. Uh, so it could be the time to. Uh, well, I do think I haven't got KDB, but I do think he's an outstanding player. If I was to have one City player, I'd like him. So just moving it back to Sterling there. So are you two both looking at moving him out when he's just about to play against Arsenal, who everyone knows that their defence are awful still, are, even though they won the last game. There's still a terrible defence at the moment. Well, I'll answer that first. So I look at the... So yes, absolutely pony against Arsenal, but I'm looking at Sadio Mane as the replacement at home against Watford. Yeah. And Arsenal have turned the corner and they've won a game, so I'm pretty sure Sterling's not going to have much luck this weekend. So, Ooh. And pretty t- uh, pretty statistical, that, that that feeling about the weekend. <laughs> what about you, JP? Have yeah, you got anything about- um, I'm going to keep Sterling, yeah, like you say, against Arsenal. I'd like to keep him for that one last game. I think that'd be his swan song for me. So if you can, if you can um, send me off with a few points, I'll be pleased. But after that, I think he's got Leicester. Yeah, pretty tight defence. I mean, don't get me wrong, City can put three, four past anyone, but... But I, I just, I just think it'd be time to moving on, move him on yeah. week after. Yeah, there is something wrong with Man City at the moment, but it's not major. I just think they're just not really in a rhythm. I mean, they're still top for shots over the last four game weeks. You know, they're top for quite a lot of other stats as well. Sterling though, one goal and you know, no assists in the last six game weeks. A lot of people are keeping him, and I'm thinking of keeping him too. Maybe I'm being a bit anal. Beads me to think that I'm a stubborn manager at times, as I believe he can still score points. But 
you, you can never really bet against City. You never know when they're going to turn it around and Pep seems to be getting angrier and angrier. So who knows what's going to happen. But I don't think they're essential, like uh, Jay Ross's question. I don't think they're as essential as they were in the past. You can almost go without. I mean, like Sterling is just not performing at the moment. But let, let's move to Jamie Dodd's question uh, from Twitter at JD uh, Suke saying, I'm a huge advocate of KDB. He looked dangerous again at the weekend despite the one-pointer and has scored recently but what do we think is he worth keeping or is it time to move him out and he's hashtag up the pod and then you've got uh, FPLDC at FPLDC82 saying is KDB essential so what are your thoughts on that JP KDB let's go back to him well I haven't got him um I watched the match against Man United and I thought you know I would like him because he seems to be the center of everything he's got a great shot he picks the passes out sometimes he can be frustrating and in terms of starting off a move and being the uh, the guy that assists the uh, sister, but I mean, but he has his returns this season have been pretty good. You know, he always ticks over, takes quite a few set pieces. I haven't got him at the moment, but I I would think about getting him in maybe in two three weeks time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's been quite unlucky to get points as well. He's still playing well, as Jamie said. Uh, last four for midfielders, he's actually top for shots with 16. Six on target, mm-hmm. uh, only five in the box and no big chances though. So, yeah, he is still top for chances created as well over the last four of 17. Three big chances though, so that's probably why he's not really had the many assists. There was a tweet from Adam Hopcroft at Hopcroft13. It's just saying that 40% own him, but he's just got two goals and one assist since game week seven. Expensive asset who you are unlikely to captain will surely get rested for at least one match over Christmas. Yeah, we said that. So it's indifferent. If you've got him, I would be tempted on the move away, but there's still a lot of points there, I feel. I just think that, yeah, when their fixture's good like it is against Arsenal, I would, I would hang on to them. Yeah, I think um, that that's why I'm willing to give up Sterling because I have actually got KDB as well. So I feel a bit safer yeah. knowing he's probably going to be doing the business against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say... It makes me a bit nervous to, to give up all Man City coverage, you know, if I if I do get rid of Sterling, because you know they're going to average three goals, you know, most games. So there we points for City. So it's just a case of having some coverage. Yeah, I have to agree. And I think they could absolutely destroy us. Now, I know we won on, on the Monday against West Ham, but yeah, they could they could go big against us. I think that's a bad timing for Freddie Jumberg and co. Yeah, I'm scared. Okay, so... Let's um, let's talk a bit about Spurs. So infamous FPL has asked, is it time to come away from the City assets? But they're looking at the likes of Ali and Son as, as potential potential coverage. Let's just talk about Spurs for a minute. Have you started, um, have you got many of those in your team, JP? No, I've only got um, the Tottenham um, right back at the moment, Aurier. So I am a bit nervous about not having any Spurs coverage. I think they've got some good fixtures coming up. Wolves, Brighton, Norwich and Southampton. Obviously, Kane is very expensive, but, you know, he might blank one week, but he's going to, you know, he's going to get you 10, 12 the next week after. You can always hang your hat on him as a captain. But I'm not going to go for him. I would like Son in my team. I think he, uh, he always chips in. Very direct player, scores goals and assists. He'd be the one I'd look to acquire. Ali... You know, great run of form he's on at the moment, but I'm not sure he's a total Mourinho player in terms of if Spurs are one up with 20 minutes to play. I think he's he's the first player who's going to get the hook. 
for not maybe not defending, marking, running back and, and putting the tackles in. Great player, great goal-scoring record. But for me, I think Son Son's the better bet. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, you, you look at just so if you just open up Son's um, FPL card, you can see that just his points for the last four, like 12-2. I know he blanked against United. 12-2, 10-13, 8. So it's just loads of points. <laughs> you almost feel like you're missing out when you haven't got him. He's got Wolves and Chelsea next. So I'd say Wolves is a hard game. They're away. Chelsea, I wouldn't say, is so playing them at home. Then, it, then it's... Brighton, Norwich, Southampton. Then they've got a tough game against Liverpool, but then it's Watford, Norwich again. So there's a good run of fixtures there. And just looking at the stats for Son, he seems to be more of a creator now. He wasn't before. You always see him as just a, a goal scorer, but he's, he's got 11 chances created over the last four. He's had the nine shots. And uh, a lot of people are moving towards Ali, maybe because he's had 10 shots, seven in the box. Not as creative as, as Son, but... Yeah, there's there's a lot to like about Son. I still think that he is the better asset out of the two. And yeah, if I can get him in, I think I would move towards him rather than that. Yes. Yeah, I've got Ali at the moment just because of uh, balancing my my budget. But I do um, I do feel slightly nervous not having Son. He's looking very good at the moment. That's why a lot of people doubled up on on the two, and I, c- I can definitely see why Spurs on a massive manager bounce at the moment. So let's go to our, our third headline: How to handle uh, the next top side? Liverpool's blank game week in 18 so Mad Hatter from Slack if you have the usual two Liverpool defenders in the mid what are your plans for the blank keep all three and hope the rest of your team plays or sell one or more with fixtures being tough and rotation coming to full swing is it not best just to sell up all assets um, and Solomon Ron John how are the surgeons planning for Liverpool's game week 18 so JP any top tips about managing that blank well, yeah, I think I've got um, two Liverpool players, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I don't want to get rid of him. I think he's just fantastic going forward. Clean sheets have been hard to come by, but, you know, he he can get you 10, 15 points through assists and goals. A clean sheet would be a bonus. So I'm definitely keeping him. The one, uh, I've got Salah as well. Obviously keeping him for next week, which is Watford at home. Um, after that, they've got the blank. Um, I'll probably swap Salah for maybe someone like Son. Don't want to have two Liverpool players that aren't playing. I don't think there's any value. I'm going to lose any value in Salah, so it's not as if um, Mane might be losing a bit of value. Uh, he's gone up, you know, half a million or so. I don't think Salah has. So I'd probably get rid of Salah for that blank game week. And I think after the, that, they've got Leicester in, on Boxing Day. Now, Leicester have got one of the meanest defences, so I probably wouldn't bring Salah back then if I if I am going to bring a Salah back. And then after Leicester, I think three days later, they got Wolves. So if Salah did play against Leicester... He may well be rested against Wolves anyway. So I'm looking at resting Salah, getting him out, getting him out of my team for three three game weeks and then take a view on maybe bringing him back. Yeah, that is the thing. People are looking at these fixtures but, and they see it as, oh, yeah, Leicester's a tough game, but then they play Wolves at home, Sheffield United at home, then Tottenham away, Man United at home. But you look at the short space of time that they've got to play and 26th of uh, December they've got Leicester and like you say three days later it's Wolves at home then what is it four days later playing Sheffield United so there's going to be a lot of tiredness as well whether or not and it's not it's not just that it's the players coming in Origi's uh, done superbly I mean yeah. why wouldn't why, why wouldn't you play him and Shakiri's come on? He's uh, he's played and he's scored a goal. So I think you know these are good players coming in. So I think he. Know, I mean, it's come to the stage of the season where Klopp is taking turns to rotate Firmino, uh, Mane, and Salah. 
So I think there'll definitely be rotation. I mean, Liverpool are playing more games than anyone else in the Premier League, uh, whether it be abroad. Uh, I think they're in all competitions still. So I can see these. I mean, and with the cushion they've got, I can see these players getting rested for sure. So my plan is to move Seller out for three games, probably. Yeah, I mean, people are transferring out Liverpool assets for the likes of Spurs assets. I think that's very understandable. Like we just spoke about the, the fixtures, but Salah, he scored tonight in the Champions League. It seems to mm-hmm. be a Klopp saying he's 100% fit. Yeah, whether or not we do believe him or not, he has had that ankle problem and that has, don't think that goes as quick as it has. I still think it's existing. This is my last game week, I think, before my wildcard next game week. So, I have got the big decision of whether to just go one more week uh, without and hope that they don't get anything against Watford, but I highly doubt it. Um, but yeah, I, on my wildcard, I'm still not sure whether I'm going to be bringing one in just because the running, the fixtures. But after that, I think I, I definitely will. So it's uh, it's a tough one for me at the moment, but for, for others, I don't see a problem in taking uh, the likes of Mane or Salah out for game week 18 and then bringing them back if you really want them back for that game week 20 just doing a, a flip-flop there's a lot of points that you can get in the likes of Son you know he's playing Chelsea at home Brighton at home the next game week so you know he's got two decent fixtures there which he could get get a lot of points in so I think that it's valid to move away and then move back if you really want them back but I'm just not going there at the moment nice the Iceman has spoken so let's move on to uh, a side that's topping all of this lot, other than Liverpool. It's uh, it's Leicester. So we've established that Vardy is numero Juan at the moment. But we've got some questions about who to pair him up with. So an NT abroad has asked on the Slack channel, with plenty of sub-10 million strikers in good goal-scoring form, Rashford, Abraham, Jimenez, Ings, Moussa, which three are the best to own for the Christmas schedule? Vardy is obviously a given. So who are we going to pair him up with? Yeah, let's answer that first of all, and then we'll go through some of the other questions on here. Yep, so I've got Rashford, keeping him, very happy with him. He's been playing well and scoring goals. Um, got Vardy in, seven weeks too late, but he's going to stay in the team for the foreseeable future. The third spot at the moment is uh, occupied by Jimenez. think I might move him on. Punt, I might take a punt with uh, Mopai of Brighton. Okay, sure. Uh, 5.8, you've got Crystal Palace, Sheffield United and Bournemouth in three out of the next four, also Tottenham. So I think he's on penalties as well when Murray's not playing, which is Murray's a bit more of a bit part player these days. So I think Morpai could be could be a player to uh, have success in the short term. So I might stick him in as my third cheapy striker. That's out of the dark punt, that one, isn't it? Um, it is. He's, has been doing well. He scored a great goal last game week, though. And he does seem to just get goals from nothing. So yeah, if that pays off for you... Bravo. I think maybe if we're looking at the template front three now, obviously it was the likes of Vardy, Tammy and Jimenez. I think Jimenez, a lot of people are removing. He does have Norwich in game week 18 though. So it's almost tempted to keep him. And I do think he could probably get something against Tottenham at home. There is an element that you, you might want to keep him for that 18 fixture and then move him out after that. But I think the template front Three now, I would say, is probably Vardy, Rashford, and either Tammy or Ings. He seems to be scoring every game. Ings. He's in, he's been in my team. I moved to, moved Tammy out for him, but Saints are actually second for teams for XG at the moment over the last four. Ings has got four in his last four. Like he's in Vardy form. 
whenever he gets a chance, he normally scores it. It's whether or not he can last the whole season. I suppose that the problem is, is that Saints fixtures do turn come game week 19 for a few game weeks. But after that, after game week 22, they, they get a little bit better. But whether or not he can hold them through that period. But, you know, strikers are doing well at the moment. They seem to be scoring every week. So it is troublesome to know who to pick. The template now is almost going Vardy, Rashford and maybe Tammy going back to Tammy. Yeah, I mean, historically, I've been stung by Ings over the seasons quite a few times. You know, it makes me reluctant. He either starts blanking when I bring him in or he gets he gets He's quite injury prone. He either gets injured or he, he blanks. I mean, he obviously is their best player. But I just I've just gone down that road too many times and been stung by I mean, Tammy, I like Tammy Abraham, obviously first choice at Chelsea. Um, Giroud and Batshuayi obviously aren't rated there by Frank Lampard. I don't seem to be, but he's expensive. To have that front three, Rashford, Tammy Abraham and Vardy. You've got a lot of money in your strikers there. So that's why I'm going for a cheapie for the number three. I've also got Pulisic or Pulisic, as I think they call him now. I think that's too much coverage for him and and Abraham. And I think Pulisic, it will score a lot of goals. You've got to be patient with him. He's a very attacking player, quite direct, can head the ball as well, even though he's a little chap. I think the goals will come for him. And um, when they do, I think they could come in twos and threes. So I'm hanging on to him and, and uh, going without Tammy Abraham. Yeah, he's been quite frustrating the last few game weeks. He's obviously yeah, only yeah. scored 2-2-2, two, 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 but he's still got the stats. He's got such a good shot volume. I'm all for shot volume. You know that the goals are going to come, surely. <laughs> I mean, he got the three goals, what was it, against Burnley, and then he got a goal against Watford, and then I think he got a goal after that as well. But then it's just been blank, 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 blank. You just hope that he comes into form at some point. But yeah, he he's obviously a really good player. He's got lots of potential, and I'm, I'm holding as well. Yeah, so Pulisic for me, he uh, he stays for now. Um, I think that's answered an NT Abroad's question related to Ings and Moussa and uh, FPL Lucky. Um, Flapjacks just asked a question here. I'd love to get your thoughts on Harry Kane over Son and Ali. Six shots, only two in the box. He's a great differential potentially amongst active teams. Um, a word on Harry Kane. There was a time when we couldn't live without him. Now we're not even talking about him. Is he becoming an asset under Jose? It's just because he drops so deep and you'd rather the likes of Ali or Son at the moment. He's still got potential to get goals every game. Like He's on penalties. He you know, plays up front, so you'd expect something. It's, you've just not got really any hoping her captain in him. He scored two really good goals in the last game against Burnley. It was against Burnley, though. Uh, one was from outside the area and then yeah the second one uh, was in the area but you're looking for more positional play within the area I'm just not that keen I was tempted to move Aubameyang out for him and, um, and bring in Kane last game week but it would have had me hold on to him there's just not much hope there for me what about you JP? Yeah I mean Harry Kane will always score goals I mean he always has scored goals at the moment Spurs seem to be spreading them out don't they with between Ali and Son it's Sissoko, yeah, the renowned goal scorer Sissoko. But I think, yeah, Kane is just a bit expensive. You never know. I mean, he will. You know, I think next four game game weeks, he'll he'll probably get forty points. But it's you don't know whether they kind of come in two one week, fifteen the next. He, he's quite expensive, and I'm happy enough with the, the front three at the moment. So I'm 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 going to resist for now. Yeah, so I'm, I'm finding it difficult to. Uh... To not go there, because I've actually had some good history of Harry Kane, but I'm leaving it again for now. Let's head to our final headline then. So integrating betting with FPL. Uh, Nick Triggerlips, 
Does he take betting odds in consideration when deciding bench, etc., i.e. clean sheet and any time scoring odds? So that is very much one for you, JP. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I do have a look at the odds. Uh, the odds on cleaning, clean, uh, keeping a clean sheet and um, goal scoring and all the rest of it, first goal scorer, they're pretty much what you expect them to be anyway, really. Um, so there's no there's no great clues there. I don't really bet so much a lot on football these days. It's quite difficult, I think, to to win. There's always one team that lets you down if you if you stick them in accumulators. But no, I don't really use betting to sort of guide my FPL selections. Not really. Okay, so we've got a few more football betting questions. Football is nice one. Is that football sogat? Football sogat. Yes. All right, but we don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, what does what does he? So what does JP think? is the best way to predict scores, points and probability. XG in retrospective stats or odds and betting way of foreseeing things. Yeah, I mean, you've always got to respect what, what the bookies say because, you know, they they, they pay. Uh, if they make a mistake, they pay for it. Um, so they're, not, they're normally pretty much on the ball. Um, but I, I tend to rely not so much on stats, but just what's called the eye test these days. It's a bit of a... A bit of a strange way of saying it, a fancy way of saying just watching games and, and making your own judgment, really. I watch pretty much all the live games. So someone like Pulisic, you know, you see him get into the center. You know, if the ball goes out wide, he's in the box. Uh, he doesn't stay out on the wings. So I think I think the goals will come for him. But yeah, I keep an eye on the betting. So I mean, they're pretty much, the odds are pretty much you would expect. You know, City are going to be huge odds to win. Uh, they'd be huge odds on to, to I should say, rather to, to score lots of goals. So, uh, I think the goal score at any time odds are very stingy. I mean, most of them are odds on. Um, obviously, strikers don't score every game unless unless you're Jamie Vardy at the moment. So, don't think the odds are great on offer. Um, margins are tight, and that's why I don't think there's real real great value out there on betting on football. Interesting. Okay. Um... Ishvalan has asked, working in sports betting, what instincts does uh, JP? or has JP developed that helps him achieve success in FPL? And how exactly does he calculate risk to jump on a bandwagon before it starts? Yeah, well, probably the wrong person to be asking about bandwagon. I just jumped on Jamie Vardy <laughs> after seven weeks. Yeah, as I said, it's mainly, you know, I love football and watch I watch all the games and um, I just make up my own mind, really. You know, and of course, it's, it's not always right. Sometimes it's very, very infuriating picking the wrong players. But uh, a, lot, a lot of the teams are, are sort of template, aren't they? We've all, our teams, we've probably got share six or seven at least players uh, that everyone's got. So there are small differentials, aren't there? Though? If, you can, if you can pick out a player that you think's playing well uh, and is due to score goals like McGinn at Villa, he's going to start scoring very soon, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I think, yeah, that's when you get a bit of satisfaction that uh, you made the right choice at the right time. So let's go into our other questions before we get on to our standard items. So first of all, Emma, uh, definitive answer, please. Best goalkeeper, if not rotating, or should we be rotating? So <laughs> a definitive answer to an undefinitive question. Let, let's have it. Uh, greater, probably the best option at the moment. Uh, Crystal Palace just got really good fixtures, defensive team. And it doesn't either him or Ryan, so it's not definitive. <laughs> I would say if you've got the money for a greater, go him. Just got the fix. There's more chance of uh, clean sheets. If not, Ryan, because you can get save points as well. Okay, JP. 
Yeah, I mean, I've like most people, I normally have two um, playing goalkeepers, but this year I've just stuck with Pope and a non-playing goalkeeper. Been pretty disappointed, Pope. I mean, Burnley started leaking lots of goals recently, so it's another one I need to shift really. But uh, yeah, Palace, Palace, the greeter is 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 the person I should have got a couple of game weeks ago. Didn't. I think I'll stick with Pope for now, but um, yeah, I'll be looking to move him on soon. For who I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not a big fan of getting expensive goalkeepers, so I'll be looking the bargain bucket range. Yeah, Ryan or Greta, one of those two probably. Yeah, I like those shouts. Uh, the hitman on Slack has asked, on a scale of one to shit, just how bad are Arsenal? I would probably say we are turgid right now. Nice performance against West Ham on the Monday. Nice to see Pepe come up with a with a, a strike. And the, the promising Martinelli, but uh, I can't say I'm that confident about selecting them for FPL. Iceman, you've been very loyal to uh, P. What are you going to do about him? Uh, he's probably going this week. He's going to go. Uh, and, and where would you put Arsenal on that shit continuum? More towards the end of the scale than the start of the scale. Which end? You know, the end of which it shouldn't be at, more not towards the start where the he should be at, whereas being at the end is where we're probably at. That, that sounds quite definitive. Yeah. Uh, JP, do you want to chime in on this? Where, where, where do you rate Arsenal on this scale? Yeah, it's a strange thing, isn't it? Unai Emery didn't really tackle Arsenal's defensive problems. He's, I think he signed Salah, who's highly rated centre-half. But what good is he when he, he comes to you after, you after you've been sacked? Um, yeah, the two centre-halves need replacing. They probably need some better defensive midfielders. The balance looks all wrong. They look good going forward. Uh, they, always have, they always have done. But defensively, they... You know, they're shipping a lot of shots uh, on target and a lot of goals. And I think... I don't even think will... we look good going forward. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. It's, I mean, that only clicked after we scored our first goal in the last game. But yeah, I, I just not investable. Just let's let's move on. <laughs> let's we've, uh, we've, we've turned the corner, Iceman. We've turned the corner. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Another one from Emma. Which cheap defenders are also attacking? This is another one of Emma's confusing questions. Which cheap defenders are also attacking? Everyone is leaping on Kelly, but he will not be likely to keep his place in the team. So why not Cahill? I think the the cheap defender, which you kind of want to board, maybe Aurea for Spurs. They potential of clean sheets. They got a clean sheet in the last game against Burnley. You know, they've got Bryson, Norwich and Saints after this Chelsea game. Yeah, he's got seven chances created in his last six. So it's not terrible worth a punt if you're looking for a cheap asset i mean the one to look at for paris i think is kelly just because he's cheaper if you want to stretch that a little bit further maybe you get that goal threat from cahill uh, williams is probably a uh for yeah newcastle probably one which i would consider but can't see any clean sheets there whether or not pearson's going to do anything with watford and cathcart's going to be a good option but one which was uh surprising in some way evans i know he got the goal in the last game but Eight shots in his last six, so second best for defenders. Yeah, obviously threatening from set pieces. And when you've got the likes of Madison on him, then you know it's going to be a good delivery. Another one which I've looked at as well, George uh, Baldock. Great crosser from the right, scores two, got the assist and the goal in the last game. So there there are some options there. I think it just... It's based on who you think is going to do well. You, there's not many clean sheets on all the teams this year, so it's not anything that hopeful. But attacking assets, maybe Evans, or even the likes of Dunk, seven shots in the last six, so not too bad. Yeah, JP, attacking defenders for you? Yeah, I think you covered most of them there. I've got 
Aurier in last week. I've, the second time I got him in this season, the first time I got him, he got got sent off straight away. Huh. Um, he is quite reckless, isn't he? He'll pick up yellow cards. And I'm not sure if he's a Mourinho type of player. No nonsense. I think he's got to work with him because that's all he's got at the moment. But but he is good going forward, which is what you want as a in FPL. He'll get um, down that right wing and get some crosses in. Yeah, he's the one. I mean, there's plenty of cheap defenders. Lundstrom, who's who's gone off uh, off song uh, recently, but you know, I, I think I, I've had him in, since day one. Four point nothing, you know, bargain. Tamori, Tamori, I've got. He's injured at the moment, but I think it's only a it's only a niggle. Uh, he's good value, very cheap as well. So, yeah, I think you've covered all the all the sort of cheapy defenders. But there's, as you say, if you're looking for clean sheets, they're probably not the ones to go for. So, final question we're going to answer before moving on. FPL Nerd has asked us on Twitter, if you still have your wildcard intact and have a fairly template team, when is the optimal time to use your wildcard? I'm currently on head of game week 20. So, JP, when would be the optimal time to use it? Well, I'd say probably about eight weeks ago. <laughs> uh, now, you great discipline to be holding on to it all this time. Um yeah, there's not much time left, is there? It's just December, isn't it? The first wild card. Is that right? It ends, uh, yeah, game week 20, so you have to use it. They've only got a couple of weeks left. I mean, um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I'd, I'd, I'd use it now. The advantage of using it, maybe not this week, the week after, is uh, you get rid of your Liverpool problems. Um, you can take those Liverpool players out. I'd probably use it the week after next. Uh, get rid of a couple of Liverpool players, or at least one. Uh, so you'd be able to feel the full team the week after next. Yeah, that's exactly when I'm here. I'm using it game week uh, 18. And uh, the, I spoke to Mikhail Topfam, who, whose algorithm we use every week, a partner of ours who we're going to announce after the break. But he was saying how you should use your wildcard ahead of game week 18, you know, mainly because of the blank game week and the fact that Liverpool and Leicester don't have good fixtures after that. And I, I agree with him. I'm looking to use it in game week uh, 18. I'm making my last punt of a transfer this week and then game week 18 is when I'm going to be uh, moving around my players I've got two Liverpool assets at the back I don't think I'll end up with that anymore and I'll probably get Trent in so uh, there's a lot of reasons why Spurs still have good fixtures you know they've got a home fixture against Chelsea and I want some of their assets and you know I want to move around other players as well you know you've got the likes of some good defenders to choose from even the likes of Kelly at Palace as well so there's there's a lot of reasons to use it um, in game week 18 and that's when I'll be using it but you can use it at any point just make sure you do before game week 20 yeah get it used hold off no longer oh well by game week 20 Uh, Iceman I think you'll be probably needing a little break by now I am time for the Iceman's piss (laughs) thanks very much And we are back. So let's go on to our standard items for the rest of the podcast. First of all, some partner chats. So let's have a look at Mikhail Tokvam's algorithm. This week it's suggesting uh, if the Ice Band goes ahead with the Game Week 18 wildcard plan, Sterling to Mane is the best option by far. 
That's yeah. a bit of that, I suppose. Yeah, see, I do, but there's part of me which does fancy a bit of the Chelsea against Bournemouth as well, and going Tammy for Orba. Questions, questions. Well, if you want uh, support with your decision-making, go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm for more on Mikel Tokvam's brainchild. It's a, it's a great piece of supportive... What do we call it, Iceman? Tech? Uh, yeah, um, stats and facts to help you with your team. Stats and facts and things to help you. And things and um, stuff. Speaking of stats and facts and things, if you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, another fantastic website to inform all your decision-making. Uh, if you want to sign up there for 10% off, put in the code SURGERY10. We're also partnered with FPL Doodles, so at FPL Doodles one on Twitter, uh, often doodles the main headlines from the game week and other funnies. So get over there, the very talented artists we've got partnered with the podcast. So uh, let's go on to what's now known as Traptons, our transfers and captains for the upcoming game week. So JP, let's come to you first. Transfers and captains. Yeah, well, I suppose the obvious one. The obvious one. I've just transferred Vardy in. Um, I, I expect everyone will be captaining him against. Norwich at home. I'm torn between Vardy and a Liverpool player, probably Salah, but I think I will um, a bit late, a bit later, a bit better late than ever. Go for Vardy to captain to be my captain this week. Yeah, I like that, uh, Iceman. Yeah, so my transfer this week is either Aubameyang out for the likes of Tammy, or I might go for a complete punt, maybe even Iniacho or someone like that. You know, someone completely different because I'm wildcard next week, uh, or I might even do Sterling to Mane. I'm undecided on that one. But uh, transfer uh, for captains, I think a lot of people are looking at captains and they're getting really scared about the Vardy ownership. And if you don't captain him, that you're just going to fall majorly behind. And I really think that sometimes you should take the that type of thinking out of your your thoughts. Because when you come to your captain, I think it is simple. You just literally captain the player who you think will score the most. You learn as you go. You, you look into the likes of stats, betting odds, form, fixtures. You judge it. And if you don't have time and you only listen to the likes of podcasts, then learn who to trust, which podcast to trust, etc. Vardy is obviously best captain this week for me. So that's why I'm definitely captain of Vardy because he, he's just in form. He's got form and fixtures. And I just think that he's a given. But when people are selecting these captains, I think if they just believe in who they think is going to score the most each week, then you learn from where you've gone wrong and then you can you know, make the decisions that way. If you're just going to do it just because everyone else is doing it, I don't think that's the correct way to, to play the game. I think you should do it based on who you think is going to score the most points and you'll eventually get it right more often than not from learning from which decisions you make and why you've gone to those decisions. So yeah, that's what I think people should do. and Go for the player you think is going to score the most. I like that, I swear. Okay, let's go through our mini leagues. So, first of all, let's go for our Patreon league, our top three. So, we've got Andreas Toft, third place, Gabriel Castellanos in second, and Jeff Holt in first. 986 points overall. Very impressive, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff our- is a, uh, he's orchestrating the Streamers and Bloggers League, which he's currently top of that as well. So yeah, he's doing really well to organise that. So thank you, Jeff, and well done for being currently top. Good man. 
Uh, right, let's have a go at our public mini league. And to join that, CCCJK2 is the code. That is CCCJK2. Similar names in the top 10 this week. In 10th, we've got James Cook. Second place, we've got Hayden Owens. Eighth is Prabigia Cafil. Seventh place, Alex Nielsen. Sixth is Mike Butcher. Fifth is Christina Hogseth. Fourth, Rui Oliveira. Third, Luke Burgess has moved up. Second place, Theodore Ikbaka is second. And uh, first place is Kevin Allen still, holding on to his lead. Well done, Kevin. Good score, 72 points this week. Yeah, impressive game week from Kev there. Uh, Highest scoring in the top 10 was Luke this week with 84. So great game week for them. Right, we come to our guest top three picks and top three differentials. So JP, give us your top three players for this game week, the must-haves. Um. Well, obviously, Liverpool at home to Watford, so I'm hoping Salah can do the business there. Obviously, Vardy being my captain. But differentials, I mentioned it a couple of times already, McGinn, I think, is about to embark on a long-scoring run. I think Burnley being off form, but Wood, they're at home to Newcastle. He's a good cheapie to have. Does seem to be the best striker outperforming Barnes this season, so he might come to the party. Uh, and the last one, I also fancy Mopai at Brighton to be a good differential so he's I think he's on pens and again way at Palace Palace have been good but they I think they've been picking up a few injuries at the back so maybe that will catch up with them yeah Wood is due I think yeah okay so let's uh, let's go to our feedback box and uh, Flapjack were you editing until 1am appreciate the effort you guys put in every week yes I, I was smile. I think you can take the credit for that I was definitely editing until 1am that was last week after I had the nightmare of recording from the wrong mic but... I, I smell flash interview for the listeners just very quickly short answers what's the latest you've edited till or earliest uh, half two maybe I think half two in the morning yeah. and um, how many monsters did you drink to edit uh, at least five Jesus bloody Christ. Um, uh, what else was I going to ask? What's the average edit time of a podcast for you? Um, I'd say three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. The <laughs> Iceman, you are a hero, sir. Yeah, thanks for the feedback, though, Flapjack. Much appreciated. Always uh, very grateful to have your listening support. So thank you. I'm enjoying there's that Elmo with a Santa's hat yeah, emoji, yeah. possibly. Nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, we've got next week, we've got a top guest. James York from Stats Bomb is back. Yes, he is. Looking forward to getting him on and uh, quizzing him all about um, halfway through the season, all the stats that he can provide. Hopefully something quite interesting we can get from that one. Yeah, looking forward to listening to that one, Iceman. But that brings us to the end of another podcast, Iceman. Now, I want to say thank you to our guest, JP Shaw, for joining us and giving us his time late in the uh, in the day. Thank you, JP. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you, Do JP. you have anywhere sort of, uh, online where you like to interact with people, Twitter, wherever it may be? Yeah, I've got my Twitter is bit like a pro, so look nice. out for that. Okay, so follow, follow him on there. In terms of how to get in contact with the podcast, um, again, we said earlier you can help support us by going to patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. You can join our mini league, the code is CCCJK2. Check us out at fplsurgery.com and you can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter at FPL Surgery. Subscribe to us on iTunes and remember, give the podcast a rating and some feedback and any emails you wish to send, info at fplsurgery.com 
dot com. So, Iceman, that uh, brings us to the end of uh, episode one five three, and actually, my last podcast for a little while. Oh yeah, it is. Ah, oh, you're going away. You're leaving me on my own, so you can have a child. I think it's fair to say without any doubt, I'm abandoning you. You're abandoning me, but it's okay. We've got Stefan Holzog that will yep. help out. So, looking forward to having him on, and good luck with with the new kitty on the way. Yes, definitely. I'm sure he will be a born an FPL, uh, have FPL in the genes, I reckon. But Hawks, he's been brilliant, fantastic whenever he's been on. He's been a real asset to all you listeners. Um, so I will be back at some point in the future, but I want to thank you for your ongoing support and please continue to support the Iceman and the FPL surgery in the endeavour of taking all things podcast forward into the, uh, the FPL world. Good luck with the new arrival. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> How long to go? Uh, what? Less than a week. It's, it's Monday. It's oh, due yeah, Monday. Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. He he was due, or so he is due rather. Is so, due. Yeah. right. Yeah. Well, good luck. Exciting times. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, we're going to need it, but I'm looking forward to it. And yes, I'll be back in the future. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Once again, Iceman for the final time from me for 2019. Any words of wisdom for our no, listeners heading it, into this festival? No, it's not. No. And on that note, thanks for listening, everyone. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. There yeah. it is. Yes, JP. Uh, right, so we've just got um, Alexa's afterthoughts. Alexa, let's have it then, short fuse. Well, Matt Hatter, I had a butcher's at your game week. Took another minus eight, I see. You absolute quilt. How does your 1.6 million rank taste? Does it taste like shite encrusted failure biscuits? Okay, this week has seen United hand their best buddies and annoyingly rotated Liverpool. The title leaving Man City to fox-hunt Leicester for second place. Everton got off to a good start under Duncan disorderly, brushing aside Chelsea, and leaving Lampard in his burnt pockets wishing for January to come quicker than Rooney in a pensioner. My capo pick this week is Mane. Good luck everyone, and don't worry Mad Hatter, I'm hoping a certain someone that some people believe in may be visiting you this Christmas. Yes, the Grim Reaper. <sighs> Charming.